0: Bad On Bears fans, welcome into another edition of the Chicago Bears podcast. I'm your host, Pat the Designer, joined on a Friday, a very different guest on a Friday, Jason McKee, because this man's getting his team ready for football on Wednesday. I loved it. I loved it. Go out there and dominate yet again, my brother. How you feeling, man?
1: Feeling good, man. Yeah, I couldn't make the the pod Wednesday. Busy times up at the school and, you know, with the family and everything. Uh, Got a big game tonight. Um, going down to Aurora to play uh, Marmion Academy, the Cadets. Really tough opponent, well-coached team, Um, but that's all I'm going to say about them because I don't like to give the opponent any credit on air, but uh, we'll be ready, so I'm excited for our kids to go out and uh, to display all the hard work they put in this week.
0: Hey man, are you are you gonna comment on the coach's hats and or glasses that he's gonna be wearing there? Are you gonna do that like uh like the Colorado <laughs> State coach out here? What we got going on out there, brother? Oh well, my, my mother told me to take off my hat and glasses when you talk to adults. Like, man. oh you, you gonna talk you, you, you're not of this culture. You don't talk Prime, about nobody, mama. <laughs> Prime said, it was just a game. <laughs> it
1: personal. Hey. It was just a game. Hey. Hey, why you y'all keep personal?
0: Why y'all keep making these games personal for Prime Man? Y'all they already know what he's gonna do, bro. It, man. Why would oh, they
1: keep man. disrespecting Prime Man? Like powder dump, man. All, hey, he does is produce. all he does is produce wherever all, he's been. That's all he does. All he, is produce, he does.
0: I want to I want to get into that a little bit more in depth because I am impressed by what they talked. That'll be the halftime segment though. We got to talk yeah. Bears here though. Uh, we got a big game coming up. Big Tampa preview. I think that this is a uh, this is a situation for the Bears right now where I don't know if it's a must win game, but you feel really really bad heading into kansas city if you come out of this with a loss so for me it feels like it is a must win game and i really want to see uh i want to see a lot different than what we saw versus this green bay team so we'll talk about the offense defense and uh, me and j mac both took it took some time out to watch the all 22 on Tampa and what they did versus the vikings i tweeted this out yesterday it's tough <laughs> listen We might be in some trouble, but uh, that and then predictions, all that more in today's episode of the Chicago Bears podcast. Hit that like button, subscribe to the page, leave that five star review. You know what to do. You're not getting this kind of Bears coverage anywhere else on the world. Uh, This podcast also brought to you by the Hard Rock Casino of Northern Indiana. Let's jump into this, J-Mac, because listen, I feel like we've beaten a dead horse the offense looked bad to start off the season. The defense looked bad to start off the season. The only thing that looked a little bit decent was the special teams return. Shout out to Coach Hightower out there making the decision to go get Trent and, uh, and to play Tyler Scott in that starting spot. But offensively, what we saw... What do the Chicago Bears need to do coming into this Tampa game to take advantage of anything that may be on this team right now and come out of this with a victory?
1: Yeah. I mean, they talked about it all week in terms of cleaning up the details of their offense. And when you look at this offense, the offense, uh, you know, the display they put on against the Packers, it is like a bunch of guys that, that hadn't played together or that hadn't got enough reps. And, now I asked quite a few guys, did you feel rusty? I asked Darnell Mooney that after the game. I said, hey, did you feel rusty? Did you feel like he got enough reps in preseason to be ready for the opener? And he said, yeah, he said he felt good. There was no rust. But when you watch the film I and mean, other guys look at Nate Davis and, uh, you know, a couple other guys on that film, Chase Claypool, you know, he's been getting scrutinized, you know, the entire week here in Chicago. It deservedly is Deservedly so, though. Yeah, yeah, deservedly <laughs> so. But it, it goes back to, right, it's the fact that I think that, you know, they weren't ready to play a physical game because they didn't get those live reps. You can't you cannot simulate those live reps in a practice environment. And I think that's what that's what happened, especially for Nate Davis, man. When you're we're in the trenches like that, and you're going against a defensive front like the Packers, man. Like you got to get as much practice time as you can, right? To get as close to simulating what you're gonna see on game day. And he was at, we we saw that, Pat. He's been out the entire offseason, damn near. And we didn't see that and it, and it looked like it as well. Um, you know, Chase Claypool has been out with a hamstring, you know that. But at the end of yeah. the day, man, it's about your your effort. It's about your energy. It's about your intensity. It's about any other adjective that you can describe that that's that you need to go out there and show emotion to show that, hey, you know what, this is a home opener. We're playing against our quote-unquote rivals. And, you know, the things that he did, like, we know he can block, but the display he put on out there, I mean, it just was just terrible. I mean, going out there, playing half, you know what, can get somebody hurt, and yep. that's what he did. I mean, that's what he did. So, I, I was real upsetting to see that from Chase. We've seen Chase throughout training camp. Pat, we've been there. We've made a ton of plays in camp. And he's we, been the guy going the hardest. <laughs> yeah, he was the guy. I mean, He's out there fighting, showing a showing emotion, but he's making. Yeah. He brought the energy in camp, and then to see him, you know, display energy when, when he when he when he was out there at camp, right? To show enthusiasm, intensity, and to show growth and development at camp. Right. He got hurt. So there was a setback there. But then to come back, right. You think that, you know, that energy will be pent up because you've been out of the lineup and stuff like that. And then you go out there and you don't, you didn't even play well. You didn't, it looked like you didn't even try to play well. So that was, that was real upsetting on the offensive side for me. Uh, Just seeing, you know, what Clay did out there.
0: It's, it's, it's one of those things where I'm not going to lie to you. Not to say that I agree with, with, uh, um, Lou Getz's game plan. I don't. I thought it was horrible. I thought that there was no and we we were talking before the podcast. Right there were a couple of plays where it was like, and I'm this is this is the part where I'm like, okay. I do know what I'm watching when I'm watching tape for the most part because NFL players are coming up to me after and going, I don't know what the hot rod was on that. I don't know what the yeah. what the concept was. Right, that sack to Lucas Van Ness. Like I think most of Chicago has looked at that play now and just been like, who was supposed to get the ball here? I saw Greg Gabriel even tweeted out, just like what 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 are we seeing here? Right, yeah. like so it it's. I, I don't agree with the concept, but what I will say is this: that Darnell Mooney screen that ends up getting blown up, the play that Chase Claypool is getting killed most for. When you see downfield the blocking that was happening, it looks like that play works if Chase blocks a dude that is my size.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> it's, and, and it's, it's four two forty. <laughs> yeah, and, and it's one thing, right? It's hard enough for receivers to block out in space. Like, not even receiver. It's hard to block out in space. But at the yeah. same time, like. You know, you're going to win some and lose some. But the fact that, like you said, right, he's, what'd you say, 6'4"? How, how much does he weigh? 240?
0: I, I believe 6'4", 240. Let me double and check. He, 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 he hey, look, a smaller,
1: he's a, Tyler yeah. Scott called him a specimen. Yeah, yeah. We talked about it before. Tyler Scott said he was the alien on the team when we interviewed uh, Tyler Scott. But just to, just to go out there, right, and to not show effort, you're getting pushed back by a guy that's half your size. That's what's disturbing. You know, it's one yeah. thing to go out there. And miss a block, but it's another thing to go out there, you know, half-assed and and not even attempt to attempt the block, yeah. and get pushed back, and the screen gets blown up. I think that was the the most disturbing part about that. You know what I mean? And, and as and as a former player, and if I'm his teammate, you know what I'm saying? I'm 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 gonna say, hey, like Chase, like what's up, dude? Like you know, constructive criticism. I'm gonna get on you because we have that type of bond and that type of relationship. Like Chase, that ain't you, man. That's not you. We can't have yeah. that. If we want to have the type of season we're we're hoping to have. Like we got to get that cleaned up, bro. Like, yeah, we're blocking for you. You need to block for our guys.
0: How much of this scheme that we saw is fixed with effort? Like, I I feel like it's not. Now, Chase is the one that's getting the brunt of it. I'm going to tell you this right now. Cole's blocking effort was just as terrible. We're just not killing him because Chase's was so bad. But, like, Cole's effort, Nate Davis's effort, I felt like there might have been some conditioning issues with these guys with how they were looking on the sideline. How much of this scheme that we saw is actually fixed with just effort versus Tampa Bay?
1: Yeah, I think, I mean, yeah, effort is there. I think it goes back to the guys, and I'm, I'm telling you, and, and they can say it all they want. Like, they felt like they were ready. I, it just goes back to them not having that time in preseason. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, the guys, when you look at it, right, they were off for so long. They didn't play the second game. They only played a handful of plays the third game. And then you have a two-week period in which you're not even playing. Like, that's a long time off. And then the reset and to go into a game of of this magnitude home opener against your rival, the Packers, and you mean to tell them we're ready and we haven't had the practice reps? No. And it showed. It showed. You know, a lot of technique issues, hand placement, you know, cold, you know, uh, different angles, missing blocks, especially when he's, uh, you know, coming back on the backside, blocking backside off like outside zone and things of that nature uh, in terms of their base runs. Like things have got to be cleaned up, you know, and it's all about the details, understanding – you know, where are you supposed to be within that play? Understanding the scheme as a whole. What's my role? What's my responsibility? And we talk about it all the time. You know, offensively, it's coach peak. It's, a, it's alignment, assignment, execute. And that's something we didn't do. And you, you also said the conditioning aspect. You know, was it real hot out there? It was a great day. But if you're not used to putting – if you're not used to being on the field for an eight-play drive, a ten-play drive, yeah. you're going to see mistakes. And yeah. the penalties is one thing. You know, game one, you're expected to see a lot of penalties because now you're getting back into live action. But those penalties derail drives. You know, when we did have a driver, we did put a string of plays together offensively. It was derailed by a false start penalty. We had back-to-back yeah, false start penalties at that. We were already in the red zone. And that took away, you know, an opportunity to put a, a touchdown on the board. So phys- physically, does it help clean up some things in terms of what we saw? Yes, it does. But at the same time, man, these guys got to, I think – the overall, I think the scheme, the game plan, needed to be better. I think it's a hundred percent. It's, 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 it's not. It's
0: not. It's not absolving anybody. Listen, this was. This was right there. There are those losses where everybody says it's a team sport. This is a collective loss, and really, you like no, it's his fault. Like, like yeah. <laughs> what's that? What's that? Uh, oh, why can't I think of it? It's like, uh, I can't think of the actor's name right now. He's. He's like, listen, we don't want to point fingers. We don't want to have any issues right now. You're a problem. you're a problem (laughs) you know what I mean like uh uh, I can't think of that movie right now but but that's really that's not what we saw for once this was a team loss the offense played poorly the defense played poorly the scheme played was poor the coaches coached poorly like I think that goes to everything the one thing I will ask is this right like when you see uh um how little they utilized what Justin is elite at with his legs. Not to say that I want to see him running 20 times a game, but it felt like they were trying to make a point of he's going to stand in his pocket, he's going to throw the football, he's not going to get out in space, we don't want to see him running. Do you think that in this game versus Tampa Bay, they will utilize his elite ability to get away, to get out on the edge and create something magical more than they did in week one?
1: Yeah, you have to. I mean, because that defense in Tampa's humming. They got guys that can get to the quarterback. Uh, head coach Ty Bowles, he dials up pressure. That's his thing. They bring pressure all the time. They're going to light up your quarterback. In the times that we did see, right, Justin had – like in the game against the Packers, right, you saw the rollout or the sprint out that Justin made in that pass with the Darnell Mooney. That was, I think that was the only time to actually move the pocket with Justin. You got positive results on that. So, you know, in this game, you're going to have to move the pocket because – I am not confident that he can just sit in there, right, with with what we saw in terms of protection against the Packers. If he can sit in there and, you know, we want him to push the ball downfield, but he's not going to have time. I mean, Tampa Bay's defensive front is just as good as the Packers. And the amount of pressures in the exotic, uh, you know, the exotic fronts that they show you, they bring pressure from every level of the defense. You know, they'll bring Antoine Winfield down from the safety position. They'll blitz those linebackers. I mean, they're gonna they're gonna show you a bunch of different things, and if you're not sound of protection, or if you don't show that you can pick that up, they're gonna keep bringing. And you know the running backs especially is gonna be key this week, um, you know because they do bring those linebackers. They do have edge pressure. Shaq Barrett is a dog. You know all yeah. these guys are, are they're gonna bring pressure in. Everybody's gonna be required to be on their p's and q's in terms of pass protection. So they're gonna have to move the pocket. Um, you know they're gonna have to try to get the ball out early, but. Todd Bowles, who's a defensive coordinator and the head coach, knows that you know if the Bears want to have success, he knows they're going to do the, those things. He knows they're going to try to get the ball out early on Justin. So those corners are going to sit on routes. They're going to bring pressure. Yeah. They're going to be you know, pressed up against our receiver in their face. So it's going to be interesting to see what type of game plan uh, Luke gets. He you know, draws up against his defense.
0: I'm not going to lie. I'd love to see the game plan that the Packers put out there versus us. You know what I mean? If we're being 100%. Yeah. Jordan Love. Getting the ball out quick, we can sit here and talk about. Oh, the Bears didn't get pressure to him. Jordan Love didn't have a ball in his hand very long, right? Like that's that's the part where I want to see the plays get called, right? The the slants, the underneath stuff that we were seeing all training camp. I, I really feel like we <laughs> we didn't see any of what we saw in training camp. Yeah. I mean, of course, we saw screen passes and stuff like that, and that it probably is going to be a part of their game. But, like, I just feel like the, the deep shots, a lot of that stuff we that we saw in training camp, that we saw them practice over and over again, we didn't get to see that on the field versus the Packers. Of course, because, right, the pressure is real. We spent a lot of time saying, uh, it might be a sack. Uh, it might be a sack. Guess what? Now it's sacks. Now you're getting guys that really actually want to hit Justin, and that's actually being the, uh, becoming the outcome here, so. We got it. We we got a lot to improve on, and I think on the defensive side, there's just as much. Let's jump into the second quarter here. Uh, I want to let you guys know that uh, second quarter brought to you by the Hard Rock Casino in Northern Indiana. See sticks on October 13th at Hard Rock Live. Tickets on sale now at Ticketmaster.com. I think the defense has a lot of similar issues, especially going against uh, this Tampa team because. One, Kyler Gordon now going to IR. That's going to be a major blow for this team. Uh, I think that Josh Blackwell, I don't know if he's going to play or not. So who knows what's going down there? Maybe this is the time for you to get Terrell Smith in there, see what the young fella has uh, in the slot, although he may be suited better outside. But I guess we'll see what that's going to be. But with this defense, right, a lack of pressure, a lack of intensity, a lack of hustle. And I and again, a lack of to me, conditioning when I saw those guys breathing heavy on the sidelines after those long drives, it's not gonna get easier down in Tampa. Speak to listen, you played in this league a long time. Speak to what it's like going from a climate like we saw Sunday to what we are going what the Bears are basically gonna see in Tampa. I believe it's still supposed to be ninety four on Sunday in Tampa.
1: Yeah, that's a whole nother heat, man. I'm from Florida, so I know, you know, you're getting you, – you up here you don't have that type of humidity that they're going to encounter down there in Tampa. And, you know, if you're not practicing that, you, there's no way you can simulate humidity at practice up here in, in Chicagoland. And it's going to be different, man. It's going to be different. I hope they've been hydrating. hope they've been drinking that pickle juice to stop, you know, help prevent cramps before they start happening. Uh, but like you said – um, you know Tampa's going to try to run them, man. They got a, a good offense. They got two great receivers, in which we know, and Chris Godwin and Mike Evans and uh, Rashad White, the second-year running back. He didn't have the greatest day against the Vikings, but I can see Tampa really trying to, you know, establish a physical presence and run that ball. Um, you know, try. As to of
0: now, and and speak to this, I just double checked it. As of now, eighty-six, about a forty percent chance of rain. What is that combination like?
1: Yeah, it's going to be muggy, and what happens is you you don't want it to rain because when it'll rain for like twenty minutes, yeah, and then that sun comes out and it gets hotter, and that humidity gets even that humidity picks up even more. So it's going to be a tough environment. The Bears are going to have to battle a lot of things. They're going to have to battle the heat, and then offensively they're going to have to battle the heat that Todd Bowles is going to bring <laughs> with that defense. Uh, but you know, defensively we, we got to get pressure, man. You know, you got Baker Mayfield, a guy who's down in Tampa, who's got another opportunity, former first-round pick, was trying to revitalize his career. And now he has, you know, he's got two great receivers around him. Um, But at the same time, if if, if we get pressure on him, Baker was known to to toss that ball up and give us opportunities in terms of takeaways. And, you know, last week we couldn't get no pressure on Jordan Love. You know, we saw that. And if you can't get pressure with your front four in this defense, those guys on the back end is going to have to cover a long time. But at the same time, I would like to see, you know, Allen Williams, if we can't get pressure with that front four, you're gonna have to generate pressure from somewhere else. You're gonna have to blitz some linebackers, bring a safety down. You Neil know, ja- Jaquan led the team in sacks last year, so I mean, you're gonna have to do something to heat up Baker to make him, you know, get out of rhythm, get out of sync. You can't just let him sit back there and, and allow, uh, you know, Mike Evans to go up and make, you know, contested catches which he does all the time, or Chris Godwin yeah. to make, you know, great catches because that's their passing game. It, it goes through both of those guys. And both of those guys are great receivers. And if you give Baker Mayfield time, you know he's going to look good. But if you get in his face and force him out of rhythm and force him to throw the ball early, we have opportunities.
0: Yeah, it's 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 one of those things where uh, the the most disappointing part on Sunday for me on both sides, but especially on the defensive side, was the lack of adjustment. I mean, you saw that you couldn't get pressure on Jordan Love with your front yeah. four, and and. The, the one thing that I hate here, to me, the job of a coach isn't to run a system. A system's been created, right? Somebody, listen, you're running someone's system. Somebody taught you this system and you're running it. The best coaches in the world can adapt their system to fit what's happening based on the situation that is on the field or that is on the court or that's on the ice, wherever it is. When we talk about, um, you know, the best basketball coaches, it's not the, the guys that go out there and just have great talent. It's the guy, it's the Eric Spolsters, right? Where it's like, Man, I don't know how he he got to the finals last year. And then you look at his defensive scheme and you're like, man, that adjustment was perfect for what they were doing against Boston. Are we talking Mm -hmm. the football sets? Bill Belichick, Mike Vrabel, guys like that where it's like, well, how'd he do that? Oh, they was running this in the first half. He had a whole different game plan for the second half. I just need to see some kind of commitment to what's actually happening on the field, not a commitment to what your system is. And this is how it should be run, because how it should be run very much like you guys. Right. You you right now have the 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 Adawale Ogulie or the Alex Brown. You don't have Tommy Harris right you don't have those other guys that make this defense hum where you can just send four and get pressure and even with that defense Lance and Brian blitzed yep <laughs> yep so i just i i need to see more of an adjustment from Allen Williams seriously and i think the biggest thing for this bears team defensively down in tampa is just like you said when you put pressure on baker pressure bust pipes and and Baker has been a guy that notoriously struggles when that pressure is on him.
1: Yeah, and when you look at this defensive line, right, if I'm an offensive coordinator, when I look at this defensive line, the only person I'm really worried about is Yanni in terms of being able to get consistent pressure on a quarterback, right? But we know where he's lined up. So I can put a tight end over there. I can chip him. I can slide our protection towards him. And yeah, that'd create one on ones with Demarcus Walker and somebody else. But at the same time, like, I'm confident that my my guy can can, can handle Demarcus Walker one on one. And we look at those interior guys Billings, you look at, uh, you know, Justin Jones, you know, picking. I mean, Dexter. Justin those Jones. Guys didn't no, Justin Jones gonna, didn't win a one on one all day. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, they're not gonna they're, I'm not looking at those guys in terms of those guys being a threat to get sacks. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like Billings is a run stopper. That's what you mean. Yeah, a run stopper. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not I'm not worried about Justin Jones. I'm not worried, and it's no disrespect, but this is what we've seen. Like, I'm not worried about Justin Jones. Yeah, I'm not worried about piggins the Dexter, the two rookies. I feel like my interior offense line can handle those guys. The guy that I've got to mark, you know, in terms of a guy that can get pressure, Johnny. And we can handle him by doing different things in our protection, changing up our protections, right? So I bring it back out, I bring it back over there, and I chip him on the way out to his flat. I put a keep a tight end, and we double him with the tackle. I would right. slide my line to Yannick, right? So that way, now I don't have to worry about him. That would create matchups, one-on-one matchups on the back side, which I feel like we have the advantage uh, on. So yeah, that's the thing when when you and that's what the Packers did. Like they weren't they wasn't worried about uh, anybody else and. When you, when you have that when you have that uh, lack of ability in terms of getting pressure on a quarterback consistently, well, it's got to come from somewhere else. And as much as you don't want to do that, you have to do that because if you don't, you're just sitting back there, which we saw. I mean, you saw Jordan Love fumble the ball, pick it up, and then throw a, a deep yep. ball to, uh, who was it, Musgrave, right? Yeah. Like, come on, man. The rookie. Like, come on, man. That, like, that's something that you see in a movie. Like, that's something that you see in a movie. Like, the la- – the, the, the pinnacle of, of, of a football movie. He fumbles the ball, he picks it up. Bro, it I swear. You I, know what I'm saying? Like, come on, dude. This is the NFL. <laughs> this is the NFL, bro. <laughs> That's exactly what it looked like. Love drops back out of the drive. Yeah. Fumbles
0: the football. Oh, my yeah. God. You know Love I mean? rolling right makes the throw. Right. It's go- like, bro. I, I, I mean, swear that was a on, movie, dude. like slow motion. Yeah. And the best part is, you got, you literally had the linebacker just sitting there, just.
1: Yeah. like I mean, He's <laughs> looking he did, as it goes over his head. <laughs> like, everything happened in that one play, and it ended up being a big completion. You know what I'm saying? Like, come on, man. Like, where where is everybody? And, and, and the sad thing is, like, when you're not getting pressure on that quarterback in this system with your front four, it puts so much pressure on the back end, dude. Like, it's hard enough to cover in this league because with all the rules in place for the offense. But right. if you're not getting pressure, I mean, dude, them dudes are covering for a long time. Me for a long time, and receivers are going to get open. I mean, they're going to get open eventually.
0: Yeah, we got we got a lot to get to, and, and it, I mean, it's it's just something that you you got to see adjustment, you got to see adjust, you got to see a change, and and especially with that offensive line over there. Listen, they got their tackles positions locked up, um, and and maybe you can get pressure on the interior, maybe. But here's the tough part, right? And, and when is the point where we have to expect something from them. Of course, I'm not expecting Javon Dexter to be Jalen Carter, um, even though it would be nice because, you know, it, it. he was rated above him before going into college, was rated above him his first year in college, and the system changed. Like, it'd be nice to see you yeah. get back to that guy that you were. But at what point are we sitting here looking at the rookies saying, hey, guys, I don't know... What needs to happen, but you are the guys that have to step up here because Justin Jones, he's not he 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 can't win a one-on-one to save his life, or he couldn't in week one. I didn't see it a ton last year. Uh, clearly, based on the pressure, at what point are we looking at those young guys to have to take that step?
1: Yeah, I mean, you're going to look at him anyway because there's going to be a rotation. You know what I'm saying? So they're going to get in and play along with Justin Jones. But what you need from your interior guys is you need them to dent. Dent the middle of that pocket. They got to be disrupt, disruptors. They got to put pressure, you know, in Baker's face. And then that gives those edge guys, Yannick, right? Uh, Demarcus Walker, it gives them guys an opportunity to get a sack because now the quarterback can't just sit there, right? He's got to manipulate the pocket. But if Demarcus Walker can win a one-on-one, we know Yannick can win a one-on-one. That gives us an opportunity to get, you know, to get to Baker. So we need, we need push you know yeah. from that from that defensive interior and that's one thing that that Billings can do. He can dent the pocket. Now is he going to get is he going to get to the quarterback? No, we don't need him to. We need him to dent the pocket. Yeah. You know, we need him to dent the middle of that pocket to give our edge guys an opportunity to get to the quarterback.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's that's really what it comes down to. We got to see that pressure up the middle. Uh, Of course, with the DB room, what it is right now, Kyler going out, question marks on that. We'll see kind of what that team is going to how that's going to look. And I'd love to see our linebackers get involved more Uh, issues all the way around. Right. Like it's not you know, it's not one guy. It's not one part. Unfortunately, this is the entire team that took this loss. And right now, I don't feel as confident as I should heading into a Tampa game uh, versus a Baker Mayfield. Let's yeah. keep this thing moving along, though. Let's jump into halftime here, J-Mac, because uh, halftime's the time we get to talk about anything. But I do want to keep it football. I just want to hit a little college football right now. We opened it up talking about the Colorado State head coach, talking crazy about Dion. Uh, But really, I want to talk about how impressive it is what Dion's doing, right? Like, the, it, to the point where people have – all they have is to talk trash about it. Yeah. Deion Sanders right now basically brought in an entirely new class. And, yes, Shadur is pretty good. But he is finding ways to win versus opponents that he was supposed to be getting his head kicked in by based on what everybody thought. What are you seeing from Deion that you're most impressed by right now?
1: Yeah, I see a well-coached football team. You know, you can they can always – and, and the funny thing is, right, analysts, what do they talk about this team? They talk about it on paper. He has no. the worst roster on paper. He has this, you know. Th- they shouldn't win no games on paper, but like I always say, the game is played on grass or turf, or it's played on the field, right? And what you're seeing is a well-coached football team in all three phases, you know. Offensively, they've got great receivers, and obviously, you talked about Shador. You got a great quarterback that has good pocket presence. He has good awareness. He doesn't. He doesn't just force the ball. Um, you know, his receivers are making plays for him. Uh, they got a solid running back, and they're just playing good team football, right? They're in their bag right now, and defensively, they got guys that can that can get to the quarterback. They get guys that can fly around, and you have a a, a you know a talent like Travis Hunter that's playing you know both sides of the ball, and that's that's yeah. you know one of the best players on the field on both sides of the ball. So it's just a testament to what Dion's done. Everything's new there, new coaching staff, new everything, and you're going out there and from from game one. I mean, you got guys breaking records like from game one. And, you know, if anything, just look at, look at what he did at Jackson State. He did the same thing. You know, dude's been producing everywhere he's gone. You yeah. know, talk about him as a coach. You may not like his style. You may not like him wearing sunglasses or his hat on backwards when he's talking to you, but that's him. He's being him. He's true to himself. You know, he, he believes in his team, and he's got those guys believing that, hey, you know what, I, am, I may not be that five-star that we're going up against on that other team, but guess what? It doesn't matter because if you believe in yourself, you go out there, you can whip that five-star uh, that you're playing uh, you know, opposite of. And that's what they're doing, man. It's, it's good football. I'm excited for them. And I'm I'm glad to see that they're doing well. And, and this week's game is going to be must-see TV. I mean, this is going to be fantastic football.
0: I'm not going to lie. What I love that I think probably most people aren't paying attention to, and it's because, <laughs> oddly enough, the White Sox. I got to see this happen with the White Sox, right? Where yeah. we're a good team but I'm going to make life easier because I'm going to take all the daggers, all the bullets that people want to throw at our team because they hate me. That's how Ozzie Guillen was with that White Sox team. That's what I see with Dion. right? Where Dion's like, they still hate me for running back a touchdown 20 years ago, 30 years ago. You know what I mean? Like they still mad at me for the drip that I had in the NFL. And I'm going to use that to the point where – yeah, mugs want to kind of take shots at the players and stuff like that, but really they just taking shots at Dion. And I feel like that's got to be taking a tremendous amount of pressure off of the coach or off of the team.
1: Yeah, hundred percent. Like, and I love the fact the way he's using it. Um, we already know he's a is a great speaker, great motivational yep. guy, and all these coaches they're just giving him material just to amp his team up even more. You know what I'm saying? Like he. You need that, like Deion. I think that team they need they need to thrive off of that controversy and those comments. Yeah, and it just they use it as fuel. And you saw you see this each and every game so far. They use it as fuel, and they go out there and they completely change that narrative. <laughs> they go out there, they whip your butt, and they and they believe. Like he keeps saying, "I believe, I believe." Like this team believes that they can compete with anybody right now.
0: I love it because it, <laughs> Ryan Clark was on ESPN. He was like. He's like, you worried about hats and glasses? Your team just got beat by 50. I'm trying to tell you. <laughs> right. Right. You right. worried about the wrong thing right now. Right. You worried, about, you worried your... about how somebody else was raised. You just lost by 50. Where you got right. Deion ranked as far as NFL players all time. For me, pound for pound, Deion's the greatest player all time. I'm not going to lie to you. Of all time, all positions. Of all time, because oh, Dion wow. could do everything. Dion could play on the offensive side. Deion could play on the defensive side, <laughs> and go play baseball. Um, yeah. I, I think that it got to a point where people were so scared to throw the football Dion's way, but so he just was like, "I bet right, I'm gonna just start following the best receivers around everywhere. Y'all yeah. gotta throw it to me." You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I, I there's there's a lot of players that strike fear like that. But I think the fact that Dion struck fear on all three phases is so impressive to me. I don't think there's anybody else in the NFL who's done that.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I don't, I'm, I don't know where he ranks. I, I got to go back. There's a lot of great players. Obviously, he's, he's one of the greatest of all time, without a doubt. Yeah, um, but just greatest the
0: moment, DB of all time for sure, right? Yeah, for
1: sure, hundred yeah, yeah, percent. Yeah. But the, the the amount of change that Dion has has brought to the NFL, right? It, it's still prevalent in today's NFL. You got guys still, you know, trying trying to have the same swag that Dion, you know, played with. You got guys wearing their uniforms similar to what how Dion wore his. Um, you know, not just did he in the way in the way the game is played, the way that DBs are playing the game. A lot of guys are still trying to play the way Dion was idea <laughs> jumping routes. You know what I'm saying? How many times like <laughs> you, you see a DB get a pick and they're doing the Dion into the end zone? Like, yeah, he, his influence on the game is still prevalent in today's NFL. And like, he's just, he's a phenomenon. And like you said, him doing what he did on the field and now doing what he's, what he's doing as a coach, it's just like, that just showed you the greatness that that man has in him. You know, now he's, he's trying to bring out the greatness in young men through the game of coaching. So for me, I have, you know, nothing but respect and I'm always going to root for Dion because He's changing young men's lives. He's changing programs. He's changing communities. I mean, look what he did to Jackson State, not just yeah. as from a football standpoint, but how he just revitalized that community. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's its amazing what he's doing, and he's doing it his way. Yeah, he's not the the, the traditional coach that's going to go up to the podium at press conference wearing a sweater vest and saying, hey, you know what? Yeah, I right. We're weekend, right. No, he's Dion. He's going to go up there with his sunglasses, his hat on backwards, right? And it's going to be unconventional, but it's his way. Yeah. And I like the fact that he's not changing for anybody, regardless of the role that he's in. He's him. But I know the one thing that won't change with Dion is the way he impacts people's lives. You know, he's impacting these kids' lives through the game of football. He's teaching them life lessons. He's setting these guys up to be successful even after football. And there's not a lot of coaches doing that in college. A lot of these coaches just care about these, these kids as players and not yeah. people. And yep. Dion shows that he shows over and over again that he cares about these players as people, but he also cares about developing and enhancing the community as a whole.
0: As a coach, have you seen anything that Dion's done that you've uh, you've been like, Oh, we go, we gonna use that on uh, on Friday out here." <laughs>
1: <laughs> Man, you know the funny thing is, like, he with college and you know watching so much tape and all twenty-two, and you know, I see a lot of things that I like. You know what I mean? But you got to keep in mind, like, it's a different level. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So we've got a bunch of great kids that, that can play, you know, high school ball at an elite level, but we got to, as coaches, you know, you want to take everything. Well, let's put this in, let's put this in. But it's a fine line between putting in too much to where you're confusing the kids. Yeah. Um, and it's also a fine line and say, Hey, you know what? Like from a physical standpoint, we can't do that because our, mm-hmm. our, you know, athlete is not there yet because he's still a high school level <laughs> athlete. So it's tough, man. We, we get beside ourselves. Sometimes we add uh, too much, too much stuff. But our our biggest our biggest fight is we gotta you know keep in mind that we have gotta keep things simple enough that our players can execute.
0: You sending a quarterback out there with with a play sheet like uh like Cliff Kingsbury out was, there it's like a, a, a thirty seven call play sheet. He like hey yo hey somebody run
1: deep. I don't know what this one is. <laughs> this is my play sheet right here.
0: Naggy, not the Naggy. Hold <laughs> yeah. on.
1: You like a Waffle House menu, right? Look hey,
0: you out here? You on your Matt Nagy, bro? That's not what yeah. I wanted to see. Time. I ain't gonna lie to you. Watching J Mac coach on the sideline was one of the most fun things because the game that I went to, there was some there was some miscues by the team. And it was like if y'all want to see a flip. Go to a caramel game because it's J Mac just like we gotta get it together. What are y'all doing? Let's go. Like, what are we and then Olin comes over and he's just like, All right, boys, hey, you know, let's let's try and uh, make this thing happen. We got some good play. I was like, is Olin
1: Cruz the good guy on this team? i like, wait a minute. Olin, Olin, the funny thing is like does de- a voice of reason. Olin tries to calm me down. <laughs> As opposed back in the day, it was flip. I would try to calm him down, but I, first, I loved man, it. We got great coaches, man. Like I I love my coaching staff. I'm blessed to have, you know, obviously two of my former teammates, Olin Cruz and Rasheed Davis with me. Yeah. And then the other coaches we have, they're oh, great she as well. was
0: snapping. Yeah, they, we we get she man, we was love it, man.
1: Snapping. Yeah, we have fun, man. It's uh it's it's such a good dynamic that we have. It's like us, you know, us three being in a locker room again. Yeah. And the other coaches just kind of just stare at us like these dudes is crazy. Like man, we, <laughs> it's just the passion love- we have for football, man.
0: I loved it because you sitting there coaching. Sheed is literally snapping on the ref, like <laughs> Denzel Washington, you just screaming about offsides. He's off offside, offside. Offside. <laughs> <laughs> It's a great know. time, man. If y'all get a chance to uh to go out there and check it out, man, make sure to tune in with Carmel, man. They're doing some great things. Uh, I ain't gonna lie to you though. I will say this <laughs> on the pie, I was thrown off when I was when I was in in front of the student section and they started the Jesus loves us chat. That one threw me off.
1: <laughs> I wasn't prepared. I wasn't prepared to hit that at a football game, bro. I'm not gonna lie to you. <laughs> man, I tell you, I, I I I'm glad you brought that up, man. I definitely got to show our student section some love, man. They come out, man. They really do. Every oh, game they got some type of theme. Uh, they'll they'll travel to Aurora tonight, you know, and support the team and. It, it, it's it's a small community we don't have you know five thousand kids in our school but the one thing i do one thing i will say is each sport supports each other so yeah. you know they were, my football guys was at the volleyball game last night you know the kids will be at the football game tonight like it's such a tight-knit community um in which that's what i think helps drive success because we're all we're all you know brothers and sisters regardless of you know your background what race you are we're all Corsairs, and I and I love it, man. It's a great community to be a part of, and, you know, that student section does a great job. We feed off their energy, and you've seen it when you were there, Pat. Like, they oh, yeah. get into it, man. They get into it, so we know that, you know, they're holding us accountable, and we always want to go out there and put our best foot forward for our community, and especially the students.
0: Yeah, it was awesome, man. It was an awesome time. Make sure if y'all out in the Aurora area, go check it out. Say One what out. up to J-Mac. Say what up after the game, though, because he fiery during the game.
1: <laughs>
0: during the game. I'm not going to lie to you. I loved it. I love it. Your, your son made the big hit at the end. Wasn't it? That was your son made the big hit at the yeah. end.
1: Yeah. He's like hey. flying around, man. It's, uh, you know, they, <laughs> the funny thing is our kids, like they, they get, you know, my son is, is so enamored with football, you know, his older brother played corner in college. And, you know, he lays out his stuff at night before the game. Like Dion, like Dion, to yeah. throw out his clothes, like his socks and wristbands, were going to be like, it looked like a mannequin on the floor. So I go in my son's room. He's got everything laid out on the floor. His cleats are on the floor. You know, he's got his his wristbands, his gloves laid out. It's like a man sitting yeah. there on the floor. I'm like, what is you doing? The game ain't. Yeah, like, I'm ready. I'm ready, Dad. I'm ready. I so love it. it. I love, love fun, it. Man. He hit
0: that. He hit that one kid. I was like, Jesus. <laughs> <All> I <right>, bet <laughs> it's serious out here. Let's get back into some NFL football, man. We appreciate you guys for showing love. Hit that like button. Subscribe to the page. Leave that five star review. You know what to do. Let's jump into the third quarter here, J-Mac, because realistically, we got to look on the other side. Uh, What does Tampa bring? What does Tampa Bay bring to this matchup? Where are we most concerned with this Tampa team right now? Because, um, I mean, listen, I, I don't care what anybody says. I said this before the season started. Everybody was like, oh, Baker Mayfield, Baker Mayfield, Baker Mayfield. Don't stand next to Vita Vea and JPP and uh-huh. Kalaja Kansi. Uh, that defensive line is stout. What did you see on the all twenty-two from the defense that uh, might have you a little bit concerned coming into this game?
1: Yeah, like we talked about before, they get after it, man. They play fast. They play. I mean, you, we talk about the defensive line, Vita Vea. Like, I think he had six and a half sacks last year. Like he's a guy yeah. that is a run stuffer but can also get to the quarterback. And a dude who's yeah. big, man. Like, he's going to command a double team. Uh, he's going to create pressure. Shaq Barrett's going to get after you. Yeah. But, but the one thing, you know, the energy. And the heartbeat of this defense, you know, in my opinion, is those two linebackers. I mean, Levante David and Devin White. Like, Levante David, I think there's a 12th season all with Tampa Bay. Yeah. Um, you know, they're they're tackling machines. They can run and hit. They're fast-flowing linebackers. They read keys. They get downhill. They diagnose plays. And they make tackles. And, uh, you know, those two guys is going to be a problem. Um, and I think another – the main guy you got to look at is Antoine Winfield, Jr. And, you know, I played against his dad when he was at Minnesota. His dad was a dog. And, you know, Antoine Winfield Jr. plays just like his dad. Um, you know, he can get to the quarterback. They'll bring him, uh, you know, they'll blitz him from the secondary. Um, but he all, he's also good in coverage. And he's a hitter, man. So you've got to, you know, it's a. It's one thing, you know, you want to just mark key guys on offense, but they have so many guys. You can't just mark one guy because there's yeah. so many guys on that defensive side of the ball that can really impact and change the game. Uh, so, you know you've got to really be on your P's and Q's as an offense and really uh you know honing in on the details and you know what I would do if I was Getse, um something that we didn't see against Green Bay is you know I would let's 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 establish a physical presence right Gesy talks about us being a physical offense right but we're a physical offense that last week we ran the ball side to side majority yeah. of the time and then when we did see this offense run the ball downhill you know, with Rashawn Johnson, right, who ran over, uh, who was that, Rudy Ford? I think he ran over. Rudy, Rudy.
0: Ford, yeah, we will remember him forever, yes. 100%. Yeah, ran
1: over Rudy Ford, right, that brought energy to this, to this offense. And, you know, same thing I talked about, I talked to Justin after the game, I said, when Rashawn ran him over, you guys finished that drive with a touchdown. I said, how yeah. did that inject life and energy into this offense? And he said it did. So, you know, go out there and really try to establish a physical presence by running the ball downhill. You know, try to take advantage of uh, You know, try to be a physical team and and run the ball downhill. Use use that energy and that motivation that you know, you're trying to establish a physical presence, and you know it's going to open up a lot of other things. So, I, I don't know what they're going to do.
0: I mean, listen. I, I think you. Here's the thing with that defense. I kept saying JPP. I mean, I, I meant to say Shaq Barrett. Um, the 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 thing with guys like that is you can't sit here and try to the the one thing that I didn't want the bears to do is what I felt like they did in week 1. You're trying to prove that Justin Fields is is an elite passer. If Justin Fields is an elite passer, allow him to be elite when he can pass the football. That's what you want to see. That doesn't mean chain him to the pocket. That doesn't mean uh that he can't roll out and make plays. That doesn't mean don't design runs. Guess what? Uh the the uh the 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 Philadelphia Eagles last night. You know what they had in their offense? Design runs. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. The yeah. quarterback that can run ran the football. Listen, Justin Fields isn't Pat Mahomes. You have to use the weapons you have. And I think the number one thing is, right, like, the part that I guess I, I do question the most that maybe scares me a little bit is what Justin Fields said in uh, um, his press conference uh, Wednesday when he spoke mm-hmm. is that he doesn't feel he's he, he said he's basically he's not going to force the ball in if DJ Moore's covered double team, different things like that. Yeah. And I just don't think you have that opportunity to not. I just think that there's times where you do have to force it to DJ and let DJ be that guy where you do have to. I mean, listen, if we don't come out of this game and DJ Moore has 15 targets, I I, I mean, I I have a million question marks. And I think he gets a lot of those targets from Justin Fields, extending a play with his legs, making something happen. And DJ Moore just being magical, like, hey, I'm open. Boom, I'm getting this to you. Or even Justin just going, where's DJ supposed to be? Let me look for him there. Now I got to get this in. Are you risking more picks? Probably, right? Are you risking more criticism? Probably. But you're risking it to a guy that's worth the risk if you get the ball in his hands. I think I can live with it a little bit more than if we're, you know, getting those same interceptions on, you know, trying to force it into Darnell Mooney at the end of a game.
1: Yeah, I mean you got to get your best player targets. I mean, you saw last night when when Minnesota they force feeding Justin Jefferson the ball. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like you have to You brought him here for a reason. And you have to define ways and find ways to scheme him up to get him open. And yeah, there's there's other factors that will influence, you know, him getting the ball. But you've got to force feed him. You got to find ways, whether you know, we see it all the time with great receivers where You know, the coordinators, they'll design routes, they'll design picks and things like that to make sure that that number one receiver gets the ball. Anytime he's in a one-on-one matchup, and you got to give him an opportunity to win that 50-50 ball. You know, put it up. Let him go make a play. That's what he's here for. Um. So, you know, I I don't know what they're going to do. They definitely got to play better offensively. We talked about this. You know, you talked about it, Pat, when we opened up this pod. You know, you said you don't know if it's a must win. You feel like it is. I feel like it's a must win, dude. Like, I mean, you go down 0-2. And you're going to Kansas City. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's, it's not only a must win, right? You've got to play well. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, like, like you've got to play well. Like, Justin needs to play well. We talk about development and all this stuff. Like, there's a lot of answers. I mean, we need, we need a lot of answers. Like, like Justin, like, we don't know if you're that franchise quarterback right now. Yeah, We're hoping you can be, right? We feel like you have the skill set, too. But, you know, we're still seeing some things that we saw last year. Um, so we have to play better as a team. We have to go down there and win this game, period.
0: What's the uh what what's the biggest change that you want to see system wise from this team, right? And we we've talked about the players, of course, DJ Moore getting more targets and stuff like that. But what what's the biggest thing offensively you want to see system wise change when attacking this defense?
1: I want to see more of a, uh, you know, a downhill running game, you know, and you play action off of that. And that'll loosen things up in that secondary for Justin. You know what I mean? Like, when everything's lateral, like, there's, there's you know, it's, it's going side to side against – A these, lot of east and west. Uh, yeah, and, and, and this week, if you have that type of offense, if you have your game plan is to attack the edges, right, I mean, these linebackers can run, man. Yeah. And these corners are feisty. They can tackle. You know what I'm saying? So it's not – we're going to see a lot of the same things we did last week if we don't challenge this defense, you know, from a vertical standpoint. So, you know, I want to see, you know, this collection of running backs run the ball downhill. Let's get downhill. And and the best way to nullify a a, a team that's, you know, wants to get pressure on a quarterback, a team that, you know, likes to bring pressure is, you know, attack them. Attack them. Wear them down. You got three running backs that you can just mix in, right? You know, run the ball inside. Move the pocket for Justin. Get him some easy completions, right? Find ways to scheme up and get DJ more open. You know, use your tight end, who's a tight end, uh, who's a, a quarterback's best friend. You—that's the game plan. That's what you—that's what you're here for. Like you've got to find ways to get it done. And if the game, and if Justin's, uh, you know, done so to speak, if he does, if he's not throwing yeah. the ball in anticipation, you got to find ways to get him easy completions to get his confidence up early, right? And then you still have to, right? Even though, you know, the deep shot may not be there, you still got to throw it right to make them respect it. If they're gonna yeah. bring pressure, if they're going to keep bringing pressure, you've got to throw the ball deep to challenge them. Yeah. You can't just let them, you know, just sit back there and not have a, a threat of that ball going over their head. You've got to challenge them.
0: Here's it, it, here's the tough part about it, right? With how much Todd Bowles is going to draw a blitz, though wouldn't last week's game plan actually be suited for this week? I I think my issue is it's the people we're throwing it to. I love Darnell, but our biggest play from preseason is DJ Moore taking a screen pass to the house. I'm not anti-screen pass, but I feel like last week's game plan, while it might suck, actually fits what Tampa's going to bring this week.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah. The screen nullifies pass rush as well, right? So I'm not saying take the screens out of the offense. Yeah. Like we're really good with the screens. Like we and have, just
0: don't run them back to back.
1: Well, we just got a block on the screens. We just got a block screens. <laughs> that them. too. That gotta, too. <laughs> <execute>. <laughs> the screen, like any any team that's that's good in a screen game, they're good at it because they execute. It. Yeah. From linemen, there's there's a tempo, right? That running back or wherever, let's say it was a running back screen. That running back has good patience. He sells like his protection. That offensive line gets out in space. They get on their guys, you know, whether it's a wide receiver screen, well, the receivers that are blocking, they make their block. You know what I'm saying? Like it's just about execution. So it doesn't matter what you call, you gotta execute it. You know, everybody's gotta hone in on the details of their own position and go out there and execute. And, you know, that's that's what I mean, if that's what we didn't see last week. And, you know, moving forward, that's what we better see on Sunday, because if not, it's gonna be a long game. It's going
0: to be a long game. Let's jump into the fourth quarter here. Finish it out here. J-Mac, how do you think this game is going to end? Prediction for this Tampa Bay-Chicago Bears game. Again, weather's supposed to be 88 and rainy. On and off rain, as reported right now. How do you think this is going to
1: go? Yeah, I don't know, man. I don't even want to predict. I don't know, man. And I'm not saying, like, the Bears are going to get buried or anything, but I didn't, I didn't, you know, I could have never predict what we saw last week. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm, I was confident that last week the Bears were going to win that game. You know, I'm drinking the Kool-Aid. We got this guy, we got that guy, We this guy, you know, but it's just the way they played. Like, I, I just, I'm still in shock by the way they played, you know, in terms of the enthusiasm, the effort, intensity, all that stuff I talked about before, so and I don't know, man. I, I, I really don't know. Um,
0: if we see that play concerned. again, are you concerned about the coach's ability to get players to buy in?
1: Yes, yeah, real concern. If I see that, if I see what I saw Sunday from, you know, the lack of effort, right? And Cole Komet said that we weren't focused, the lack of focus <laughs> in the NFL game. Like, I'm... <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm I'm really disturbed. It's gonna be a long season. What does that mean? What does it even mean? We weren't focused. I is- know, and I like Cole. I like Cole a lot. So I just don't understand how you're not focused. Uh, you know, as a, as a player to yeah. to play NFL game on Sunday. You know, I, I mean, I just I don't know, man. I think it's, it's a it's a tall task. I think with this defense. Um, but you know, I've got to see offensively. I got to see better details. I got to see more of the hits principle and all. In all three phases, right? Yeah. Everybody, I've got to see more. I've got to see more, man.
0: I'm going to believe that this Bears team does have a heart beating inside that chest. Um, And uh, I I believe that, I mean, this might be naive just based off of last season, but we saw a coaching staff that adjusted well. Mm -hmm. They just didn't have the talent to execute what they adjusted to. But they – I saw coaching staff that adjusted their entire offensive mindset to fit what Justin Fields did best. I would hope that coming into Week Two, we can see more of that. I am going to pick the Bears to win this game. I mean, listen, you, you got to win it. Uh, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say this is going to be a a 24 20 win. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's probably not going to be pretty. It's going to be an ugly ground and pound, grind it out type of game. But you know what? It that's what early in the season is. Realistically, especially now, right? Very different. Not playing preseason. Not playing, uh, uh um, you know, much in in camp, right? Like I'm I'm going to assume that finally getting that week where somebody really came out and punched you in the mouth, and they really punched you in the mouth, is gonna get this heart beating of this Bears team. I'm gonna pick the Bears to win. Um, logically, does it make sense? No. But you can't measure heart. And uh, I think I got a lot of question marks if we come out of this heartless, bro. I'm not going to lie to you. Like, I, I, the best coaches in the NFL all do something yeah. that we feel they're elite at. Yep. Best coaches, right? Mike McDaniels, he's been in the league, what, three years now, two years now? Uh, he's an elite offensive play caller. Kyle Shanahan is an elite offensive play caller. Uh, Mike Tomlin's an elite leader, um, right? And his defenses are dominant more times than not. There, there are Bill Belichick is an elite defensive play caller. I don't know if we have anything elite in this coaching staff. The elite that I'm looking for is leadership from flus, and I, I thought I saw it last year. After week one and how ill-prepared they were, I don't know if that's the case. But guess what? Half the teams in week one (laughs) probably feel the same way because week one football was horrible. Yeah. It was fun to watch. I enjoyed it. I loved it. I have four screens going on the YouTube TV. And I literally sat there and I was like, there's one good offensive line on my screen right now. I'm watching four different games.
1: Yeah, and, and, and it makes it even worse. You, you weren't happy to watch your team. <laughs> yeah. No, I watched it. Like you had to watch four of the games.
0: <laughs> but it's, it's, I mean, how different do you does it feel week one versus when y'all played? Like, was week one, I mean, week one, right, the Super Bowl year, y'all come out and punch Green Bay in the mouth. Like, yeah. week one meant
1: something then. I don't feel like week one means anything anymore. Yeah, I mean, it was, like, week one, like, for sure, like, when we were out there, did I feel rusty? Yeah, because you're getting back into that that environment. But a I didn't feel yeah. rusty because I had played in preseason. I actually yeah. played in preseason. You know yeah. what I mean? Like like I keep saying, my body got callous. I was used to hitting. I was used to, you know, being physical. And you know, I didn't get that in practice because when we practiced, we didn't we didn't uh hit all the time. We practiced more. And Lovey, you know, he did a great job of of having some periods that were live. So he would let us know, hey, today we're doing live goal line. Today is live short yardage. You know, yeah. today is live coming out. In right. um, those periods would help get us prepared even more. But preseason is what did it because, one, it helped get my football conditioning up. But, two, it helped get my body callous to be hit, to, to hit people and to be hit, to be tackled to the ground, to be physical. So week one, was I completely prepared? No. But at the same time, I, I was – I, I was, you weren't I mean, unprepared. Yeah, I wasn't unprepared. I wasn't that rusty. <laughs> and it's always going to be – it should always be a huge jump from, from week one to week two in terms of penalties, in terms of, you know, effort, energy, in terms of how you play. Yeah. I mean, that's the other thing, too, right? Like, this Bears team was one of the most disciplined
0: football teams in the league last year. Yeah. So – I don't know, man. Hey, but hopefully we come out of this thing with a win. Hopefully, me and you are on the post-post game show uh this Sunday, excited about what we see from our Bears team. Although you'll be uh you
1: you flying out to Tampa, ain't you? You uh yeah, me tomorrow morning. So if the Bears, you know, if they don't go down there and win, I'm gonna be hot two ways. I'm gonna be hot because they lost. I'm gonna be hot, I'm gonna be out there in that that humidity. <laughs> <in> that <sun. laughs> so I'm gonna be hot either way.
0: Hey man, it's gonna be warm, man. I don't know. Uh, I don't know how that Florida internet worked down there, man. I ain't gonna lie to you, Florida. I had. I had a lot of great experiences in Florida, bro. I'm not gonna lie to you, like Flo- Florida. A different
1: Florida, different world, bro. Let's hope it Florida. works. Man. Let's hope. Florida, it a little good.
0: different world, man. Hopefully, we get you on the post post game show and uh, me, Jeff Miller, Jason McKee. Tune in with us on that. We'll be live. Uh, after the game, two hours after the game. So uh, tune in with us on ESPN 1000, ESPN Chicago app. And as always, you can get us here over on the Chicago Bears podcast. Hit that like button, subscribe to the page, drop your score prediction in the comments below. And uh, Bear Down Bears fans, let's go out here and get a dub. We can still go 16-1, right? That's the thing. That's they stay safe out there, Chicago. Peace.
1: Peace.